Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die, where my goal is to give you evidence that although our bodies will disappear, we survive physical death. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the best-selling book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. Today, I'm pleased to introduce you to my friend, Sam Black. Sam is the Executive Director of Grounded Roots Wellness Incorporated, a space dedicated to healing the mind, body, and soul. Sam is a certified life coach, a wellness coach, a speaker, a trainer, and a psychic medium. She has a passion for helping others find their inner gems and empowering all of us to let our light shine. Her website is groundedrootswellness.ca. And all I need to say is, Sam Black, welcome to We Don't Die Radio. Thank you so much for having me, Sandra. I'm so excited to be here with you today. Oh, I'm happy, too. And the last time I saw you, this is a just really happy story of how we got connected, was at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, just before leaving um, and getting in my car, I see this beautiful lady with this beautiful necklace. And I went up to her and I commented about your necklace, Sam, which is the tree of life. And you took it off your neck and you put it on mine. And that was a great first start to a a friendship. So I want to thank you again for the necklace. Oh, you're so welcome. You know, I really believe we're always exactly where we're supposed to be. And um, I love amethyst, so I wear them a lot. And so when I saw the look on your face when you're looking, I'm like, oh, it doesn't belong to me anymore. It's supposed to go to you. So um, I was so happy to share that with you. Well, I appreciate it. No one has ever done anything like that before. And uh, it was really special. And it is special. Oh, good. So thanks. So let's hear a little bit about you. You live in Canada. Correct. I do. I do. I live here in Niagara Falls, Ontario. And, you know, we've been back here for about a year and a half. We'd been in northern Ontario and North Bay before that. And part of what brought us here is that I worked before as a child protection worker. And while I was working one evening, unfortunately, my coworker and I were hit by an impaired driver. And as a result of that accident, Um, I wasn't able to return to my career. I received a brain injury and some other injuries. And even though I kept asking them to sign me back, they they weren't willing to do that. And eventually, you know, I came to understand that pieces around memory and things like that really would have been a safety concern. So I understood why they wouldn't allow me to go back to work. And although they kept pressuring me, you know, just take disability, do these things, I really thought, you know, I understand that some things are impaired, but I have so much more to give the world, Mm -hmm. and I'm not ready just to stop living. And so my husband and I came here with everything that I had, and we used all of that to open a wellness center because I really believe that everyone has something inside, a little spark of joy that they can share with others so we wanted a space where they can come and heal as well that's beautiful and when did that happen when the accident and the wellness center? it happened you know there's so many i don't believe in coincidences i'm sure you've heard that before too yes. but you know there's so many little things that happened when it happened that you know obviously it's there's a much bigger purpose at work. So it happened on February 1st, 2016, or 2013, rather. Mm -hmm. And that was my son's 16th birthday. Mm. And, you know, it's so interesting the way things all played out. You know, it happened to actually be a client I had helped that hit us. Um, You know, people who responded on the scene. It's just interesting the way it all played out. It just makes you really think, obviously, there's another hand at play here. Yes, I do believe that, and that you're mm-hmm. just where you need to be right now. Exactly, exactly. So I'm just, I'm here in beautiful Niagara Falls, and you know, this is such a spiritual community. I don't know whether we're all drawn to the water or what it is, but there are some beautiful souls around here, so we're really lucky to be oh, here. Oh, that's great. That's mm-hmm. wonderful. Um well, how about the shows about life after death? Mm-hmm. And as well as everything else you're up to, you're also a psychic medium. I sure am. When did you start getting interested in the world of life after death? Well, I don't even know that we can use the word interested. It just really was a part of who I was 
as long as I can remember. You know, I can, the pivotal moment for me, I was about four or five years old at my grandparents' cottage, and they have a sunken living room, and I was playing in front of the fireplace, um, and all of a sudden, I heard one of my relatives say, oh, look, Sammy's playing with her invisible friends again. And it triggered, as soon as I heard that word invisible, I was like, invisible means they're not real. That means they can't see them. That means there's something wrong with me. I'm crazy. Mm -hmm. And so at that moment, it became, they weren't my friends anymore. It became really frightening to me. Um, And, you know, I really feel like we really attract what we put out there. So, of course, I wasn't seeing it in a kind way anymore. It really frightened me for a long time. However, the psychic piece continued. You know, I would get messages through my dreams. Um, My great-grandmother was getting ready to pass, and I knew she was in the hospital. I think I was in the second grade, so I was about eight years old, and I can just remember sobbing and crying, saying, you know, I don't want her to die. And my mom said, well, there's not anything even wrong with her. And I said, yeah, she's very sick right now. And sure enough, she, she had been put in the hospital, and she was sick. And then as well, when she passed a few years later, I just knew in my heart she was gone. So these messages still continue to come to me, but I don't know that I really understood how or why. Then, of course, you hit the high school years. And, you know, my friends loved that psychic piece. You know, who am I going to be with? What boys can ask me to the dance? All of those sorts of things. But something really integral happened to me as well my first week of high school. We were living in a triplex house, and there was a lady who lived in the basement And she believed I was her daughter. This lady had a lot of mental health concerns, addictions. And so I was, I was quite frightened of her. She would try and come into our apartment to take me back home with her. And over the Labor Day weekend, she committed suicide down in, in the basement of the home. Mm -hmm. And so that first week of school, I can remember coming home and I somehow forgot my keys and I had said to my friend, well, I, my, I know my bedroom window's open. Let's just go around back, and we'll get in that way. I said, just be really careful for that lady. As we approached her door, I said, I don't think we need to worry about that lady. I think, I think that smell right there is that she's died. Oh, my. And sure enough, you know, my mom got home. I wouldn't go in the house. Even though I knew I could get in, I wouldn't go in. And I said, you know, Mom, something's died in the house. Like, I, I'm not going in. And my mom went in, and sure enough... She, she was found in the basement, and she continued to visit me all that year um, trying to find her daughter. And so at that moment in that 14-year-old mind, I was, you know, I was lost. I just felt so afraid. But as the years went by, I began to see the healing, and, you know, Judy never really left me. You know, I could call on her, and she would be there, um, although I wasn't consciously wanting to call because it still frightened me quite a bit. But as years went on and I began to understand more, I really saw that she was a part of my life for a reason and that she really was able to help me understand what all happens on the other side and that we do need healing and our loved ones come to us to help us heal. How did you see her? Were they in dreams? Was it like outside of your vision? Was it in your mind's eye? No, I... Often I do get visitations um, through dreaming, but with her, it would be, you know, that half-awake, half-sleep consciousness or things moving in my room or I would see, see her shadow there. Um, and the one time I did hear her calling her daughter's name, not my name, and I looked up and, you know, of course, there wasn't anything there. Um, but certainly she could definitely be felt around the home and um, we would have my mom would have friends over and they'd say you know I'd be more comfortable if you come to my house like certainly there was something felt there but a big understanding as to what it was interesting did she ever find her daughter you know I really believe she must have because I want to say by the time I was about 19 20 21 and about there I didn't see her as much. When I did see her, actually, I hadn't for many years, and when I did was after this accident I told you about. I really went into a deep depression, Mm. um, very concerned about the fact that, you know, why would I live through that horrible experience to not be able to give my gifts anymore? Mm -hmm. And she really kept coming to me, and I understood, okay, no, I, I do have gifts still to give. And... That moment of 
finding her and understanding what happened, I knew that I could never do that to someone. So, you know, certainly suicide was something that crossed my mind while I was in the healing process. I was extremely depressed. And if it weren't for her giving me that lesson, who knows what would have happened from there. I may not be here today to do what I'm able to do for others. Wow, Sam. Incredible. Mm-hmm. So what has you believed that life after death is real? And I'm just going to preface that by saying um, this might be the first show somebody's ever heard of of mine, of this radio show, uh, or it could be your your episode number 139, which is awesome. Awesome. Um, but th- there's many of us, and even as many stories as I've heard, I'm always looking for more stories of, um, you know, good, credible reasons to believe in life after death. And what would you have to say as to why you believe in life after death? Certainly with uh, your person that lived in the house and um, yeah. when you were a kid, but what else do you have to say? Well, you know, I have to say, first of all, I love that in your book you have a skeptic's discovery because I jokingly refer to myself as the skeptic medium. Oh, cool. Um, you cool. know, I I do like to test things and see if they're real for myself. Um, and I really am big on the authenticity piece. So I can remember when I was about 21, I was visiting home from university. Actually, no, it would have been before university. I was pregnant with my son, though. I was quite young, about 20 years old, and my mom wanted to go to the spiritualist church. And I said, you know, I just really am not comfortable going. I'm sure that they're just there to try and take your money or something. (laughs) And she's like, you do this. How can you think that? I'm like, I just, I don't know. I don't know that I believe it. And she said, well, just come with me and see what happens. And I said, okay, so I'm telling you right now, if I'm going to go back for a second one, they've got to really wow me. Like, I want some actual evidence. So, of course, we sit near the back, and no one can tell I'm pregnant. I'm not showing, um, you know. And so we're sitting there, and this lady steps up and asks to come to me. And Sam, brings I, forward, I, I, yes. I want to interrupt just for a second. Not everybody knows what the difference is between a spiritualist church and a, another church. Awesome. Okay. So spiritualism is really joining that connection with spirit and providing evidence that our loved ones are with us after death. Yeah. So, um, you know, it really promotes kindness and all of the values that a lot of other faiths provide, but it, in addition, adds that piece of validation that our loved ones are on the other side by providing evidence that they're there. Mm -hmm. So a typical service, you know, you would go in, there's often um, a, a sharing of some sort of a message. Some people call that a sermon, and, you know, it would have to do with something to do with kindness and growth and evolution and things like this, followed by people giving demonstrations of evidence of loved ones on the other side. So what happens as you're sitting there in the congregation or in the, in the seats waiting, someone will ask if they can come to you. And with, with your permission, they can deliver a message to you from your loved ones from the other side. So it's really a neat opportunity. And so there I am in that moment, and this lady says to me, you know, may I come to you? And I said, oh, sure, you know, again, being skeptical, but curious at the same time. And she said to me, you know, we have a lady here, and she's quite a few generations away, and her name is Sadie. Now, an interesting backstory is that my grandmother had either an aunt or great aunt named Sadie and this lady had 18 children so they had two farmhouses one for all the children to sleep in and one for everybody to live in wow and that from a little wee girl I always had said oh I want to be just like her when I grow up and have a great big family and that wasn't something that was common knowledge but certainly my immediate family knew that so she brings forward Sadie and she says to me, she wants you to, con- she wants to congratulate you on, on your son that's to be born. You're pregnant now. Congratulations. Again, no one knew that I was pregnant at that time except my mom who was with me. And she said, you're going to have a large family. So when you're told that, you know, this will be the end, it won't be. You will have more children. You'll have a large family. And then jokingly, but not as large as mine. Wow. You'll only need one house. Wow. Who could know that? So for me, that was profound evidence. How could anyone possibly understand to that detail what that meant? Right. Then she brought forward my great-great-grandmother, 
to address my greatest fear. So I was someone who feared death growing up, um, but not really understanding why. And the other thing was I feared fire. And I had visions of burning. And my mother had told me one time when I shared, I was afraid. She said, oh, that's kind of neat because your great-grandmother actually passed because she rolled around and then died burning to death. So it wasn't something I talked about, but it definitely was a fear that had always weighed on me. And she said to me, you know, this great-great-grandmother, she wants you to know that although it's frightening, that's not your fate. It was just hers for that lifetime. Wow, nothing, another Again, one Again, no not one something could know. anybody would know, but certainly validation for me mm-hmm. that there was life on the other side. So certainly I had been providing messages to people, and I was still young enough that I thought, oh, this is just really cool, but I didn't understand the profound impact it could have. And in that moment, I realized, wow, what a huge gift this is to be able to share these messages and validate for people that not only are our loved ones on the other side, but they're on our others on the other side, caring about how we feel, what we're doing, and the things that we're up to. So it was really validating for me. And did you go back to the church? I did many, many times, <laughs> I actually. And, you know, I'm now a member of the Spiritual Church of Canada. Absolutely. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Um, when did you start doing medium readings on other people? Just naturally the in mediumship, well, I'll start with the psychic piece first, because that really started first and kind of bridged into the mediumship. So, again, that same year that Judy had killed herself in the basement, my mom had the neighbor over to do a tarot reading. I hadn't seen, at least I can't recall ever having seen tarot cards before that moment. And we got out of school early that day. So when I walked in, my mom wasn't expecting me and she tried to hide them. And I said, oh, you don't have to do that. I know what those are. And she said, no, you don't. You haven't seen these before. And I said, I do. I know what they're for. And she said, well, what are they? And I said, I don't know what they're called, but I know that they're for sharing messages with you and telling you your future. Hmm. And she just, she goes, okay, well, we'll be, we'll be done soon. And I said, okay. And the neighbor stopped her and said, no, Sammy, come here. And I went over and she said, would you give me a reading? And I laid out the Celtic cross and gave her a reading. And I can't consciously tell you when I would have ever learned that spread, but I did it. And so she bought me my own cards that Christmas, and I was giving readings ever since. Um, And then when I was about 18, 19, I started receiving messages when I picked up items. And I worked in a bookstore, and a girl had come in, and she purchased a book. And as she handed me the book, I saw her partner abusing her. Oh, wow. And I gave her the book, and I said, I'd love to see you again another day. I didn't know what to say to her. And, you know, it didn't leave me, and she did come back in two weeks later, and she bought another book, and I said, you know, I don't mean to be forward, and I really hope I'm not imposing. Certainly you can tell me to be quiet, but can, are you currently being abused by your partner? Because your grandmother's come to see me, and she's concerned about your well-being. And she instantly started crying, and she said, yes, I'm trying to find a way to leave. Wow. And that was really my first moment where, you know, I was just going to tell her about the vision that I had seen, Mm -hmm. but instantly I had her grandmother sharing with me that she had concerns and wanted her to leave. And so that was technically, I guess, my first mediumship reading that I ever gave to anyone. Um, But it definitely progressed from there. So I started with really with the psychometry of holding objects and delivering the message. And it grew from there. Um, and certainly I developed it much, much more after the accident than I had before. But, um, yeah, so it's been, it's been a, over 20 years that I've been delivering messages mm. from spirit. Can you give us another example of psychometry? Because we haven't talked Absolutely. about that. But that's Absolutely. holding an object so, that belongs to someone who is deceased. Mm-hmm, and then yeah, you- and, you know, tarot cards are actually a form of psychometry as well. Um, so psychometry is really when we're holding an object and from that object, we share the either visions or messages that we're receiving. So one time that when I was first really just, I call it playing, but certainly, you know, it's not, it's not a game. It's something very real, but, um, I was first really discovering 
my mom handed me a ring that I'd not seen before. Um, she got that from, I believe, from my grandmother or my grandfather. But it didn't fit her, so she didn't wear it. And she said, okay, well, play with this one and see what you get. And I was instantly pulled back to my grandfather's childhood home. I could smell bacon cooking. I described to her a a metal um, cast iron frying pan. I told her about the dress that my great-grandmother was wearing. Um, So many little details that I, I didn't consciously have awareness of and validated it for her. And at that time, I used to do that with my eyes closed. So I didn't see the reaction of her and my cousin while I was doing this. And when I opened up my eyes, I saw my mother crying. And I said, I didn't upset you, did I? And she said, no. She said, you were describing my grandmother's house. And my my granny, I didn't know in my lifetime. I um, She passed while my mother was pregnant with me. Um, but certainly I always felt a connection to her because she, you know, we didn't have where you could say whether your child would be a boy or a girl, but she knitted me a pink blanket while my mom was pregnant. And she said, this will be for your girl that you're expecting. And the second one will be for the little boy you'll have next. So certainly, um, you know, she obviously had some gifts of her own, but that was another time when psychometry really was quite vivid for me that I can speak of in a, in a personal experience. Your mom sounds pretty cool too, being open to this. Yeah, you know, she's pretty open to it. Certainly, um, you know, we're not real close now, but certainly in my growing and developing time, my teen years as far as this went, she was quite open, whereas my dad was completely, is, is pretty completely shut off to it. So I didn't, couldn't really ever talk to him about it, so I would talk to her about it. And, um, you know, certainly she introduced me to people over those few years that were quite open and interested to hear what I had to say and encouraged me. And, you know, that neighbor I spoke about earlier, she did a lot with me as far as developing skill and understanding the ethics around giving a reading and all of those sorts of things. So that continued for a good, I want to say five, ten years that she continued to help me with that. That's really wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really quite a gift to have that. How about working with somebody grieving the loss? I mean, we've all experienced mm-hmm. um, how hard it is. And even if you do believe in life after death, you're still f- physically going to grieve. Do you have any examples of maybe a message that you brought through that really gave somebody hope? And I mean, I'm sure you have tons of them, but anything that comes to mind? Yeah, well, absolutely. You know, I... um There's so many examples, and it really is a great honor to be able to deliver them. But I just got back from North Bay, um, Ontario. I did readings there this weekend. And I had been introduced. I've known this one lady um, for a few years now, but very casual. And so we had the opportunity to spend some time together a few months ago. And, you know, I have to tell you, Sandra, I usually have this unwritten rule that I don't tend to approach people with information. Um, You know, I would never stop somebody on the street and say, excuse me, can I give you a reading? I just, because so many people have different values around what they're open to receiving, I, I don't tend to do that. But this girl, I kept being, you know, called to tell her some messages. And so, you know, I kept trying to ignore it and ignore it. It wasn't going away. And so finally she said, you know, I would love to receive messages just out of the blue. She's like, I think what you do is so cool. I'd love to receive messages. And I said, I'm so glad you said that. Can I please share some things with you? And it turned out that her family was going through some medical issues um, as far as, you know, not understanding what issues were and how far the hereditary link would be. And this message that came forward from her grandfather really helped clear the air for some things for her as well. Um, you know, there have been times when I've done readings with people and their children that they've lost through miscarriage or early on in life have come through as one of their children. And that as well is a very profound thing because with miscarriage, 
people don't acknowledge the grieving process the same way they do as someone who's been with us on this plane a long right. time. And so I find when those messages come through, it's so healing and really helps with that grieving process because often these people who have lost their children are really feeling stuck in that loss and really feeling alone. But that validation that that is still your child um, really is helpful to them with that grieving process. What kind of a message could a child give who was a product of a miscarriage because they didn't live on, mm-hmm. on earth to know how would a parent know that that really was my child i mean number one the fact that you know mm-hmm. well usually volumes. the way that it'll come about is they'll be sharing how many children that person has so for an example i may say you know sally i'm being told that you have four children and she'll say no i only have three hmm and I'll say, okay, let me get some more information for you. Because a really big important thing when we're working with mediumship is to not change the message, just to give it how we're getting it. You know, and I'll, I'll go back and I'll say, okay, you know, I'm being shown that you have two boys and there's a space before your youngest girl. You know, is it possible that there's a baby in between there that you lost? Because I'm being shown the boy and then the girl and, you know, there is a child in between. And they'll say, oh my gosh, I didn't tell anybody. Hmm, wow. And I'll say, you know, just validate for them that that child is still safe. Often they'll show, you know, the child will be the link to either the parent or grandparent or loved one coming through. I did have one situation where this um, lady, she lost her husband and two months later miscarried their baby. Oh. And it had been 20 years later, a long time later. So certainly it wasn't anything anybody was talking about anymore, but she still felt that profound loss. And so the baby came through um, validating, you know, that she was there, but that she was there in the arms of her father and that her father helped her cross. And that, you know, he was there taking care of her and then he was able to come through with the messages he had for his wife. So, um, and at that time, I I believe she was either just remarried or just getting ready to remarry, but having a lot of guilt around it. So through the two of them, they were able to help her really settle into her new life without feeling guilty and without feeling that loss. But it wasn't something she was able to properly grieve. And she said, you know, I just felt stuck in the grieving process and I felt so angry for so long I had to just let it go, but I didn't really feel like it had been let go. So you can see how in that circumstance, you know, just having those two souls step forward and help her, she was able to move on with the rest of her life and really embrace what life had to offer her. Yeah, that's a really beautiful thing you shared because it. I'm I'm all for believing in life after death, and obviously that's the name of the show, but once you do, it's like, well, then what must our life be for? Mm-hmm. You know, and you right there got to empower somebody and help them through their unresolved grief or whatever you want to call it and um, now get into a new marriage, new relationship, knowing that her husband and unborn child were just fine. Absolutely. And you know, there are three really core messages that frequently come through, you know, and anger isn't one of them. I know a lot of people worry, you know, oh, are they angry with me? Not yet if I had anyone coming through who was demonstrating anger. Um, A big one is apology, you know, um, I'm sending love, but letting me know that in life they wouldn't have said I love you, they wouldn't have hugged their loved one. Um, Sometimes they they weren't exactly the kindest person living. And they really preface that and they say, but now I am giving love, I am sorry for what I did, Um, which makes a huge powerful difference for people. Sure. The other thing is um, apologizing. And the other one is to validate that they're no longer in pain, especially I see this often with traumatic passings or cancer. Mm-hmm. You know, the loved ones, that's their whole focus is their last memory is seeing their loved one in pain. And so the loved one's biggest message is please let them know that I'm not in pain, I'm okay. And those messages can be so healing, especially when we've attributed guilt or um things like that to the loss of a loved one, it really can 
prevent us from moving forward. So those messages are so healing. Sure they are. Sam, it, when you get into your mediumship mode, is it are, are they always people always right there with you or do you have to do a meditation or something before you work with someone? You know, in the earlier days certainly I did have to do a meditation and you know, sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. I find now, though, because I've done a lot of work around boundaries so that when I'm not working, I'm not working, which is a big relief because a lot of people, when they meet me, they'll be like, oh, are you reading me right now? You know, and I'll say, no, no, like, I'm not working right now. Right now, I'm just, I'm just Sam. We're just here together in this moment. It's not that I don't sometimes pick up on things, but I'm not actively doing it. But when I do sit down to do a reading, you know, I do say a prayer first. Um, I do offer gratitude, and then I just open to trust whatever's coming through. So it's not, you know, a big ritual that needs to happen now. It's just that it's almost like opening the door. You know, sometimes we have a door closed, and the rule is when the door is closed, we don't knock on it. We let mom do what she needs to do or whatever the Mm -hmm. case may be. And then I open the door, and anybody who wants to come in can come through. So, um, you know, I there's not a huge ritual, but certainly I do offer a prayer and I do offer gratitude because I, I am so grateful to be chosen to share these messages with others. Hmm. Are you, I don't want to say are you accurate because it doesn't sound right, but are there times that maybe more information comes through? Have you had times that um, nobody's come through for a person? I had... Probably only once or twice where I didn't feel anyone coming through for a client. And it wasn't really around a blockage for me to deliver. It was around a blockage for they didn't want to know. And so in those circumstances, I'm quite honest because, you know, I've unfortunately had those experiences where people just made things up and it doesn't feel very good. So no, I doesn't. really believe in authenticity. And so I'll just say, you know, honestly, I'm not really getting a message right now. However, I'm feeling as though there's some sort of block. Can we talk about that part first and then try again? And in the one case, the lady said, no, I really don't want to know my, you know, her daughter or somebody had paid for the reading for her and she was quite oh, frightened. Sure. And so I said, well, why don't we go through and do a psychic reading instead? And she said, yeah, I I can do that. I'm okay with that. So we did that instead. And in the other case, once we worked through her blocks, it was like the gates opened and here they all come. And, um, you know, she'd been through quite a traumatic life. So it was frightening for her, first of all, to, you know, open up like that. But it definitely was a very healing session. And she's come back to me a couple of times since then. So, um so it's been quite good. As far as accuracy goes, I do tend to get very positive reviews about accuracy, and I really attribute that to just sharing what I'm receiving and not putting my own personal spin on. Because, And especially when you're shown pictures, it's very, um, it's very important to just say what it is you're seeing because to us, what an image might be is totally different to the person who's supposed to be receiving the message. And so, you know, the message gets lost in translation. So it's really important just to say what it is you're getting. And I really am firm on I don't change a message I'm receiving, but I'm happy to go back and try and get more information. And certainly sometimes in readings, they do talk in circles. So you'll get something and it's not going to quite make sense. But by the time they're done their messages, they go back to that thing and it all puts it all together. So I just trust that spirit knows what they're doing and I just share it the way it's coming. So you're just like the vehicle, like the telephone, just bring through what you get. Absolutely. And you know, I'm not personally invested in any of these messages. Certainly I have empathy and compassion for both parties, but you know, it has nothing to do with me. And so once I figured that out, it's not about being right or wrong or accurate. It's just about sharing. Um, You know, it really took a lot of those concerns around whether or not I was very accurate. But certainly um, I am known as being fairly accurate, and I'm, I'm grateful for that, but I attribute that all really just to spirit. I just trust what they have to share with me. Hmm. Trust is good for all of us. I think mm-hmm. 
anytime, anywhere. So are you someone that people can contact and you do readings by telephone or, um, I know I want to talk about your, uh, wellness center as well. Yeah. Um, But if somebody is interested in getting a medium reading, can they reach out to you for just that? Absolutely. So I do do readings by phone. Um, certainly I have some clients who are in Australia and the UK, um, and different islands and things like that. We can accord, um, coordinate time zones. That's never a problem. Then I also do readings in person, one-on-one, but I also do group readings. So, for example, this Friday at the Greg Fern Theater here in Niagara Falls, I'm joining three other mediums and we're doing a big gallery reading. And then on Monday, I'll be doing a group in Regina. So, um, Certainly, I do do some traveling. I do do larger groups, but I also do one-on-one readings. So it just depends on what you're needing. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Let's talk a little bit about Grounded Roots Wellness. What's that? So Grounded Roots Wellness is the healing space that my husband and I have created together. And it's really all about healing the mind, the body, and the soul. And the reason why I feel that's so important is because We need to heal pain on three levels. We have to heal the physical body. You know, we also have to heal the mind and rewrite the limiting beliefs that are attached to the pain. And then we also have to heal heal spiritually and energetically. And that's where the soul comes in. So we have, for the physical body, we have float pods there where people can come and um, float pods are so healing and wonderful. My husband does DDP yoga and holistic nutrition to help take care of the body. And then I do coaching and I do my psychic medium readings, past life regression, all sorts of things like that to work with the mind and the soul to really get them healed and integrated and ready to go on with their life purpose. What is a float pod? So float pods are really, really cool. So there's essentially 10 inches of water and over 900 pounds of Epsom salts. So what happens when you lay in this water is you're completely gravity-free. It um, is wonderful for pain management. You can imagine if someone has arthritis or fibromyalgia, just being able to be buoyant and and gravity-free It also decompresses the spine and things like this. So it's wonderful for pain management. Um, Then also, because it's sensory deprivation, so you can choose to have the lights on or off, music on or off, all sorts of things like that. So it totally desensitizes your body. So for anyone who's wanting to do meditation or get creative, it's so wonderful for the mind. Um, and it actually has increased brain function just by desensitizing the rest of your body. And uh, I know frequently I'll go in and I have to have my notepad close by because I come out with so much stuff and I just need to write it all down, whether it's for my writing or for a workshop. And um, so it's, it's fantastic for healing on so many different levels. Hmm. Is your place like a retreat center or someplace where if I wanted to make the trip up to Niagara, I get a hotel room and then go spend a day with you guys and have different, you know. Yeah, so so we aren't a retreat center. Um, I do offer retreats, though, which are a lot of fun. But no, we, we have a wellness center, but certainly here in Niagara Falls, there's so many hotels to choose from. And we also partner with a lot of local businesses. So if you were wanting, you know, to come for the day and enjoy a float and a reading in the morning, we could hook you up with grape and wine tours for a, a wine tour in Niagara-on-the-Lake in the afternoon, get you out for a beautiful dinner and then back to your hotel. We're happy to help coordinate all of that. That sounds like a great trip. Yes, it's wonderful. You'll have to come out sometime. I, I would love to. I want to talk a little bit about healing mind and spirit. Um, mm-hmm. I always love to leave myself and others empowered as to living the rest of the day-to-day and, and maybe some tips for just helping us through life. I, I know um, it's easy to not be empowered. Mm-hmm. Is there anything in your Oh, maybe you can draw in from your psychic sense of maybe what needs to be shared here. Just um, maybe what you're passionate about sharing, about getting people back on track. Um, maybe a little, you know what I'm asking, a little bit of the bigger picture. Yep, some absolutely. Some bit of coaching that you could Absolute, give us. Absolutely. 
So really, a really big picture thing to understand that can bring you healing on so many levels is that pain and um, hurt and things like that in our life really are connected with limiting beliefs. So if we can work through understanding what those limiting beliefs are, we can actually rewrite them to bring what we really want out of life. So a lot of people that I see, they're finding that they're stuck either with abundance and they're not bringing what they really want into their life or they have an old trauma that wasn't resolved for them. And so really if we work together, we can come up with some of the causes as to what is keeping them stuck. And almost always it leads to a limiting belief. And so I do a lot of work around the chakra system. So one example would be for the second chakra, we really find a lot of that not enough or um, that, that lack of and also the lack of play. And so when we find a blockage in around that area and to do that, you know, I work with the energy. I also use a pendulum and test the chakras to see what's open and what's flowing. And, you know, we can then rewrite those limiting beliefs with positive belief statements and an understanding of when did that trauma first occur. So I really would love for your listeners to understand that, you know, if things are troubling for you today and in this moment it's really difficult, the first thing is that none of you were put on this earth to suffer. No one's put here to suffer. The second is that you have a beautiful spark inside you that just wants to shine. And the third is that if there is something you're stuck about, you can find someone in your area, you can contact me, you can contact others and work through whatever that limiting belief is and it will start bringing what you really want in your life back to you. And also that your loved ones are never far, they're always supporting you, no matter how long they've been in spirit. Mm, That's nice. Sam, what kind of limiting belief? Do you have an example without using somebody's name of maybe someone you'd help through? Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, I don't even need to use a name for this one because it comes through so often. I'm not lovable. I'm not lovable. I'm not lovable is one that so many people carry around with them. They don't believe they're worthy of love. Mm -hmm. They don't believe they can ever have enough love. And, you know, when we realize that that's something we're believing, it doesn't feel very good. And that's when we can work on rewriting that because every person on this planet has some good in them. Yes. Even somebody who makes tons of mistakes, there's something beautiful inside of them or they wouldn't be here. And so it's just a matter of, you know, blowing on that ember and allowing that flame to burn again to show that, you know, there is something beautiful inside. And for those people, they tend to attract people who take advantage of them. Yes. um, People who are unkind to them. Perhaps they had some messages when they were a child that, you know, they were a burden to their family. But being able to work on that limiting belief and turn it around to bring something positive into their life Wow, what a difference. All of a sudden, you know, they, it's like they clean house. You know, this relationship's not healthy. I want more of this and less of that. And they start making room in their life for people who will genuinely love them. And if you can imagine ha- living a life with even five people who genuinely love you, wow, you can accomplish a whole lot in your day. So that's one really big limiting belief that we see a lot of, but certainly can be rewritten and really can have a profound difference on your life. And the rewriting part, do you actually mm-hmm. have to take people back to when that instance happened? Because maybe what if the memory's not there of the first time? That yeah, happened? well, you know what? Sometimes you, sometimes people find that beneficial, but no, you don't have to. There's actually a process called Psych-K, and it was developed by Rob Williams. And with that process, you can actually communicate with the subconscious mind in as little as half an hour and rewrite that limiting belief. Um, Some of my other clients really love positive affirmations. A big homework to do I send people home with is mirror work, you know, looking in the mirror genuinely in your eyes and telling yourself you love yourself. You know, things like this can have a profound difference on that healing. 
And certainly some people do really feel like they need to go back to the trauma. And for some people, it's a matter of past life regression because that trauma didn't even happen in this lifetime. Um, So going back to the origin of when that problem first started for them and going back to that moment and just being able to view that scenario for using past life regression as an example, seeing this situation but not being an active part of it can be so healing and it gives perspective as far as what the roles were of other people that played that role in putting that limiting belief within your system. So um, it's really amazing the different work we can do and certainly the mind and soul do so much work together to, and they want us to be our best. So when we're ready to tackle limiting belief, sure, you can go back to the trauma, but if you don't feel you can do that, you can use a process like Psych-K or cognitive reflex conditioning that's offered through Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise. There's different processes that we can use that can really help rewrite, and it makes a huge difference as to what we're attracting in our life. Really great. These are things I don't know about, and I love hearing about the new and different. And you're somebody who is very well-trained, and you're very passionate about um, everything it takes to help someone have a empowered and good life. So thank you for being that kind of person. Oh, no problem. Thank you. You know, it's, it's an honor to do that. And certainly, you know, people will say, how do you like doing your job now? Do you, do you miss child welfare? And I, I really miss the families I worked with. Of course. But I feel so much more and able to help them with the role that I do now, you know, because um, it's really just about love. And if we just come from that space of love and wanting to see that love in others, you know, we, we can do so many amazing things. Mm, that's nice. Sam, it keeps coming up on my mind to ask you, so I have to always listen to my intuition. Absolutely. Um, where... Hmm, not where are our loved ones, but can you describe or has anything come through a medium reading what life is like in the hereafter or heaven, whatever you want to call it? Um, is it a joyous place? I mean, I, I, I know in my heart that um, it's us living here on earth that have the tough time when we mm-hmm. lose somebody, but are they fine? They are fine. And, you know, it's so funny because growing up, I can remember if there'd be a thunderstorm or something, you know, my mom would say, oh, Nanny's playing bowling with the angels again. So in my mind growing (laughs) up, I had this envision of, you know, where the Care Bears live and there's little houses and, you know, and and that's a lot of fun. But that wasn't my experience. So when I was in that car accident, I did have a moment where I wasn't connected with my body anymore. And all I can tell you is that, It was dark, but it was the most peace I've ever felt in my life. So you would think that, you know, what we were going through, because this was a multiple rollover accident, it it was not a little accident, but I was completely calm and at peace. And, I mean, the aftershock, certainly I wasn't. I did have some PTSD and things. But in that moment, all I felt was such utter calmness and love and support to the point that after I went back home, I just kept wanting to feel that again. Wow. Yep. So I just, that is the closest I can get to explaining what it is. And certainly when spirit comes to me to help deliver a message or they want to show love to their loved one, it is all that calm, loving energy coming forward. Um, so I just, I don't feel it's confined the way that we do with a physical body and a physical earth. It's more open energy space that feels like love. That's great. Beautiful. Any closing words or anything I haven't asked you that I should have that you want to share? I'm not sure that there's anything you haven't asked, but certainly I've loved being here with you today <laughs> and I can't wait to connect with you again um, hopefully we'll have another class at Omega together, but if not somewhere else, cause you know, um, I really believe we all come together for a reason. So I just love meeting new people like yourself. Oh, so do I. And thanks again for the necklace. Sam, what's the best way people can get in touch with you? So the best way to connect with me, um, really is on, I'm on Facebook quite a bit. So I have two pages. One is Grounded Roots Wellness Inc., 
Um, and then the other one I have is my Sam Black Certified Psychic Medium and Wellness page. And on that one, you, we do a Monday intuition every Monday where I put up a couple of cards and people choose which one they want and I give them the reading at the end of the day. And everybody loves that one a lot. Also, you can read some of the reviews there so you can get a feel for what I'm all about and the kind of readings I deliver. And our website is www.groundedrootswellness.ca. And we're here in Niagara Falls, Ontario, um, and we welcome anybody just to even pop in and say hello. Oh, I love it. I love it. And as a reminder to anybody, if you go to our website, which is wedontdieradio.com, click on episode 139. That's uh, this show with Sam Black. And um, I have the link to her Facebook pages and to her website right there to make life easy. Oh, wonderful. We like to make things easy. Yes, we do. And going to the website is, is a strategy because there are 100 and. 38 other episodes to choose from (laughs) and and there's always a picture of someone's smiling face and a brief description of what the interview was about and I tell you Sam I'm sure you feel the same way is once you believe that life after death is real you have a better access for um, thinking about your own life and what's important and making the most out of it. Absolutely I know my friend Derek says we're here on a three-day path and I totally believe that. We, we don't know what our timeline is here. All we know is we're here and we have the gift to connect with others every day. So um, I just believe we just have to get out there and do that as many times as we possibly can. Yeah, that's beautiful. Well, Sam, I thank you from the bottom of my heart for being on the show today. And for our listener, I thank you for spending this hour and many hours. Uh, I was telling Sam before we started recording that I've gotten several emails that people binge listen to this show. I know I do that with Netflix, but to hear people um, even start their day off with one of these episodes. You know, we are here, yes, to talk about life after death, but we are here to talk about life. Because I do believe that life is an education for the soul and that our lives here on Earth are very important. So I really want to thank you for listening and we'll see you soon. 